Hey, it is Ellie Lloyd, and uh, we got Slash to co-host The Rock 30 today. He's back for his fifth appearance on the show. Slash, good to see you again, man, and thanks for uh, doing this today via Zoom. Yeah, man. Uh, the whole Zoom thing is very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good to be here. It kind of feels a little CNN-ish, if you will, man. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Not quite. Yeah. No politics today, I promise, man. But, yeah, uh, but a big weekend for your fans. I mean, a lot of news has unfolded uh, as of October 22nd. First of all, a new song called called The River's Rising. Uh, we'll be discussing the upcoming tour with you and Miles and the Conspirators in February and March. Another Gibson guitar slash custom line coming up and even some vinyl slash figurines. So let's jump right into the first thing, man. There's a lot to cover here. Uh, I wanted to talk about the new uh, Gibson guitar slash custom line coming, man, because, I mean, that last one was just beautiful. And so what are you looking uh, to do this time around? Well, I mean, when you say that last one, um, you're talking about uh, this was a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Just just wanted to make sure we're clear. This one is actually the first line of uh, Gibson USAs that nice. I've actually ever done. I've, I've always done stuff through Custom Shop, mostly because Gibson, not too long ago, um, was going through so many kind of weird uh, internal changes with designs and priorities and, you know, focus and so on that I just did everything through the custom shop. But now that Gibson's been taken over by a new person, um, and he's running the company, everything's gotten Gibson back to focus. And so this is a really cool line of, of, uh, Les Paul standards, uh, and a gold top that I'm doing through the USA. Wow. That's very so cool. That's cool. I'm very happy to, to be doing that. Yeah, I can't wait to see those. Um, you know, I've been reading a lot about the new album four um, that was recorded in Nashville, pretty much right in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, everything I've read about it was I think all of you, except maybe one came down with COVID, but you somehow managed to get uh, like 90 percent of it recorded in the first week. So. What was this like, man? Obviously, you were trying to be safe, but COVID is is a bitch, man, and it it just attacks everyone. Well, I you know I'd managed to keep myself uh, uninfected, I guess, <laughs> um, up until that point. What happened was we decided, okay, we're going to go make this record, and we're going to do it in Nashville, um, and we're going to let's let's get a tour bus and take that as opposed to trying to fly commercial over there. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we, we met the bus in Vegas because most of the guys live in Vegas. I drove out to Vegas and, and, uh, I met the bus in LA and then took the bus to Vegas and we all met at a, at a doctor's office over there and we all got tested and everybody was negative. We got on the bus and we drove to Nashville and we loaded in a gear and the next morning we went in and we recorded, uh, everything live. So we did two songs a day for five days. Wow. Yeah, it's a 10 song record. And at the very end of all that, I started guitar overdubs and I got a call on the phone from Miles, who I was in the building, right? And he's calling me and I, I said, so what's up? And he goes, man, I, t I tested uh, positive because, uh -huh. you know, we'd been testing every couple of days while we were there anyway. So consequently, so he, you know, he went back to, we were staying in a, a Airbnb over there. And so we had this big place and everybody had their own room. So he went into quarantine and then consequently Todd and, and uh, Brent tested positive as well. Wow. So I was negative. Frank was negative. Uh, Dave who produced the record was negative. One of the engineers was positive. So we lost him. And then the other engineer was negative. 
so uh, so we started doing overdubs. The thing was, is there wasn't a lot of overdubs to do because we did everything live anyway. Yeah. So so I did the guitar overdubs in a couple of days and I was like, OK, so now what? <laughs> you know, so we started mixing the record, waiting for the quarantine period to end. And uh, and so I went in Nashville, I managed to get vaccinated. And then a couple of days later, I went and tested and tested positive. Ugh. And I was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so now I'm, I'm quarantined, but at this point we'd taken some microphones and some other gear over to the house and we started doing background vocals, mm. uh, and whatever, uh, lead vocals miles had left in the guest house in the quarantine mansion, as I call it. <laughs> and so, so we, you know, we got some work done and then those guys were free and clear to go. And then I, since I was vaccinated, I was, I was clear to go pretty quickly. Um, and then we went in and mixed the rest of the record and put some percussion on and mixed it. And that was it. Wow. That is a great story, man. I'm unbelievable. Frank was the one guy that didn't catch it. Yeah. Well, good yeah. for him. Uh, I read that the, some of the stuff was actually recorded in the uh, legendary RCA studio a for guitar lovers. That was uh, Chet Atkins studio. Yeah. Um, how was it recording there for you, man? I mean, that, that, that had to have a good vibe before y'all had to kind of pull out of there, I guess. Right. Well, no, no. Well, we, I mean, we stayed there for the whole thing. We, okay. we did the whole record in that studio and it had a great vibe. The room was great. And the way that the room, you know, cause doing the live record where you actually record the drums and the guitars in the same room at the same time is really rare. It doesn't yeah. happen. And Dave Cobb, who is a producer, uh, one of the things that, uh, uh, prompted me to want to do the record with him is we had a phone conversation about, you know, Glenn Johns and old, you know, the way that we like the sound of all these old rock and roll records. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and he was very enthusiastic about going in and just doing it live all in the studio at the same time. So I was like, okay, I'm in. So we uh, went into this great room and the way that the, 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 the room is, is it made it possible for us to have the back line right next to the drums with a couple gobos and record everything at the same time. Wow! And so that, that, uh, is a testament to that room. You can't do that everywhere. Yeah. It's got a great history, great pictures on the walls that you just see every day of all these great players. And, and, uh, and then of course, studio B is right next door. And that's sort of like a museum of, you know, the studios from the fifties and sixties. And so, yeah. Um, well, hopefully they'll hang a photo of you up in there now too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was talking about the tour. You guys have kind of got uh, laid out for February, March of 2022, a lot of casinos. Uh, but one, you know, I guess we're going to talk a lot about Nashville today. One is you guys are playing at the Grand Ole Opry and, you know, in, in a million years, I would have never thought slash Grand Ole Opry, but you know, now that I think about it, the way things are, are changing and everything, that's got such a badass vibe to it. What do you think about playing the Grand Ole Opry, man? Well, I mean, actually I, I've read up a lot on, on a lot of country music artists while I was over there. It, it was just, it sort of lent itself to that. And there are a lot of the old school country artists or something. That, uh, artists that I have a lot of respect for. And so I did read a lot about the history of the Grand Ole Opry. And we actually played there mm. once before at the very end of the last, uh, it was uh, the, the last tour that we did um, for Living the Dream. And it was the first time I'd ever played there. And it was a great gig and the crowd was great. And I, th I think we managed to uh, 
pull it off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm looking forward to going back and doing it again. Yeah. Sure. You know, talking about a lot of the issues with COVID, uh, you know, Miles was talking about when he listens to the rivers rising, he can start hearing it a little bit in his voice because he was congested and everything. Uh, but, you know, let's set this song up before we play it today. I mean, it is just a ball buster, man. It is, you know, as the kids say, it's a banger, man. And I love it. So maybe tell me a little bit about this one. Um, well, most, okay. I mean, during COVID, I wrote a lot of new material. I was in the studio pretty much the whole time, but, um, I demoed up a lot of stuff, but the most, the majority of the record is stuff that was written on the the last tour. Okay. Because I wanted it to move that stuff in, and then save this new stuff that I was writing in, at present for the next record after that. Because right. otherwise it was, sit on the shelf for a long time i didn't want that anyway so so but rivers rising was actually one of the latest things that i just wrote and i just felt like because it was so in the moment to put it on the record now and we just it was one of the first things we did in pre-production and it became the first song on the record well you brought up gibson at the beginning of the show and i know that they had gone through some troubles you know with previous uh you know people running the company it seems like you said everything is really coming back into place and one other thing uh for the listeners that don't know this is gibson has started a record label and you guys are kind of the first signing so uh tell me what this is like working for a guitar company that's actually running a music label it just it just shows you again how the music industry is always evolving man yeah well you know it was it was uh it was funny the timing of it you know i started thinking you know because i i basically have been putting out my own records and then signing up with what what was roadrunner who was distributing the last one Mm -hmm. and roadrunner has sort of changed its uh, trajectory music wise right uh, file wise so i was thinking who do i want to do uh have distribute the next record and uh and like right around that same time uh i got a call from my manager saying that gibson might be doing a label and so we you know we discussed it and it just turned out to be probably the best world for us to you know the the best combination of people to get together and put this thing out and uh and i like i said you know cesar who's been running the company now um he's he's so dialed in to what Gibson's all about and the guitars are all about and about music and young artists and just like, he's really very enthusiastic. So I thought, you know, I'd feel really comfortable having him go out and, and promote this record because, you know, he's doing so well with everything else. And I know he gets it and I played it for him first, you know, and all that. Yeah. So, so it's, we're the first, we're the first signing. So we'll see how it all goes, but I feel pretty confident about it. Well, as you were talking about that, I mean, a guy who's pretty much seen and done it all, you know, you ever uh, and wanting to help younger bands, as you mentioned, you ever thought about maybe putting on that A&R hat and maybe bringing some other artists to the label? Because I think you'd be a perfect person to do that, man. Well, I mean, you know, all things considered, if if there was somebody that I really, you know, because I mean, on my own, I never really wanted to get into investing into a record company, record mogul type position. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, if I saw a band that I thought is amazing, I would bring it to Gibson and play it for them and see what they thought and maybe do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Uh, you know, when you're recording and touring with Miles and the Conspirators, you know, after, you know, all the different incarnations of other things you're involved in, do you feel like this is just low pressure? You're in it to have fun. You're in it to just, you know, get together and jam with the guys. I mean, is this, is this kind of a, I hate to say the word escape, but does it just feel completely different, man? It's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. You know, I mean, initially, uh, when we first started, 
Um, I was just sort of doing a solo thing and putting a band together to go out and support that. And then when I started working with Miles on that particular record and, and, and the conspirators sort of happened with Todd and Brent, um, it was just fun for us to throw some songs together and go out on the road and tour right right and uh but it's also a really really great band from the get-go really a bunch of great unique players and and we have a certain chemistry and it has a certain sound and so we've just been doing it based on that first idea of just getting together and going out and playing but we we go in the studio and we write in earnest and it comes together as a record that i would you know obviously want to make and so it just becomes some sort of a simple thing write some music record it go out and play right it's a perfect (laughs) combination man uh well outside you said you got 10 tracks on the new album so outside of the single uh maybe you could give me one more uh we'll call it an artist pick if you will that we can also play uh, as an extra today that's one of your favorites on the album okay um wow you know that's 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 a tough one um (laughs) let's see uh so there's a song called Spirit Love on the record that's pretty cool. It's pretty dark, but um, you could go ahead and play that. We definitely will, man. Uh, to close it out today, um, you know, like I said, I, I hope that we can get you back in Austin. Last time I saw you was at Stubbs, and uh, our radio station that I work at here was celebrating a big anniversary show that you played there, man. So I hope you'll come back through Austin because we love you here. And oh, for sure, Austin is one of my favorite places to play. Are you kidding me? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> so. man. Um, yeah, this will be the first U.S. run, you know, sort of I, I, I'd love to be able to say post COVID, but yeah. we'll say at the sort of tail end of, of uh, at least the COVID mania. Um, and so it'll be the first U.S. run and then we'll start putting together stuff, more stuff after that and hopefully see you soon. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on The Rock 30. Always great to see you, Slash. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon.